Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about our debt-to-income ratio predictions. What's going to happen in 2024? Now, one of the most popular podcasts we ever did was on debt-to-income ratios. Really? Yeah, like by far and away, most popular. And I've had a series of really good conversations with Rob Stock from Stuff recently about debt-to-income ratios. And so I thought, oh, if our Robbo's interested in it, I'm sure you guys will be as well. Now, Andrew, explain to us what debt-to-income ratios are and when the Reserve Bank might bring them in this year. Okay, so DTIs are the limit on how much you can borrow based on your income. So it might be seven times DTI. So it's seven times your income, or it might be six, or it could be something completely different. Now, this rule has come out from the Reserve Bank, and they haven't actually officially brought it in yet. They've just got themselves and the banks ready to be able to do this. And the banks have got the date of March this year that they need to be equipped to be able to implement this if the Reserve Bank decides to use this as one of its tools. So this will limit some people's borrowing abilities. But just remember, new builds are specifically carved out from this restriction. Yeah, so if you buy a new build, you're not going to be impacted by these rules. Now, when is this rule going to come in? I've been thinking about this over time. Andrew, before I reveal my gut feel, when do you think the Reserve Bank might bring in the debt-to-income restrictions? Well, I know from previous conversations and us presenting about this that it wouldn't have any impact on banks lending at the moment or very uh, it'd be so insignificant because the bank servicing test rates are so high at the moment. That Answer the question. When do you think it's going to come end in? End of the year. End of the year. Oh, that's interesting. I'd be surprised. <laughs> Look at that waffle. He's upset that I... What I, is it? What's your prediction then? I'd be surprised if it wasn't in by December 2024. I can always see a moment of anger in your eyes when I guess something correctly. <laughs> what? Well, just because my prediction is the same as yours doesn't mean it's correct, Andrew. You'll probably still be wrong. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. The Reserve Bank hasn't said what they're going to bring it in, whether it's going to be five times income or six times income or seven times income. What level do you think that it's going to be set at, Andrew? Seven. Oh, I think seven times oh, two. that's annoying. I, I think you've copied my homework. Oh, bollocks. Now, just as an example, let's say that they do bring in a seven times debt to income ratio. That means if you as a household earn 100 grand a year before tax, it's before tax, then you could borrow up to $700,000 for a mortgage. But what you've also got to remember is that 700 grand that you can borrow up to includes everything. So if I've got a credit card limit of 80,000, that comes off. Who's got a credit card level of 80,000? But if you did, yes, you could borrow, you've got 80 grand on your credit card, 620 grand for your mortgage. If you've got an extra personal loan of 10 grand, oh, that comes off. If you've got a student loan. Student loan? Yeah, that comes off that as well. Are you sure? Yep. Oh, that's actually quite a bad one. Well, I think BNZ was arguing against that policy. They decided to include all debt. All debt counts as part of that calculation. And that leads to a really good question of, well, what impact might this have on the market? And this comes back to what you were just talking about. So the rule will look something like no more than 15% of each bank's lending can be above seven times debt-to-income ratio. Now, there are two parts to that. The first is the one that we've already discussed. You know, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a five times? Is it going to be a six times? Is it going to be a seven times debt-to-income ratio? But the other important thing that a lot of people forget about is the speed limit that no more than 15% of each bank's lending part. So this is like the LVR restrictions, right? 
Yeah, because we then need to ask, well, if up to 15% of lending can be at a high debt-to-income ratio, how much of that is going on at the moment? So at the moment, about 3.5% of new lending is above a DTI of seven times. And about 9.5% of new lending is currently at a DTI of six times. So both of those are well below the 15% speed limit that the Reserve Bank would bring in. So a seven times or a six times debt to income ratio would not currently force the banks to change their behaviour, but they might decide to be more conservative anyway. For example, if we think about their loan to value ratio restrictions, they can lend up to 5% of their lending to investors outside of those restrictions. So you as an investor, the bank could lend to you to go and buy an existing investment property with a 5% deposit if they wanted to. They have got the ability to do that, even though the Reserve Bank has some limits in place. They can't do it for everyone. They can only do it for a small number of people. But even though the speed limit is 5%, there are less than 1% of investors who are getting those low deposits at the moment. They're almost not happening, even though the banks are able to lend at it. So although we can look at the data and say, well, if a debt-to-income ratio at six times, seven times was brought in today, well, it wouldn't have any impact on what the banks could do but the banks may change their behaviour anyway. Yeah, and I remember when the Reserve Bank first brought in the LVR restrictions, they had the safety limit, I can't remember what it was back then. 20%. Yeah, and they they had virtually no new loans approved at that high LVR at that stage because they wanted to see where the market was going to go. If the prices of properties came down, then it was going to affect their LVR and they didn't want to be in breach of the Reserve Bank. And that's the thing that's always unpredictable. You know, even though I believe that these rules are really here not to change where the market is today, I believe they're really here to impact what happens when interest rates come down and property prices pick up. So if we think about like January 2021, the height of the property market boom, 24% of all lending was at seven times debt-to-income ratio. So at that really high level of debt-to-income that the Reserve Bank wants to stop. So once that rule comes in, it's really going to stop any of those big booms that potentially could happen in the future because we're not going to get a massive percentage of lending happening at those really high debt-to-income levels. At the same time, January 2021, 40% of lending was happening above a six times debt-to-income level. So At those big frothy booms when interest rates come down, we're all borrowing, house prices going up, that's the sort of lending they want to stop happening. So I think house prices will still go up over time as incomes go up, but we're potentially not going to see these big booms that we've seen in the past, potentially more gradual increases in house prices. And it'll likely change over time, right? So the Reserve Bank brings in DTIs and they say, right, six times is what we're going to use for today. They might change it to seven times in the future. Absolutely. One other thing that I'm interested in is which parts of New Zealand will be most impacted by debt-to-income ratios? Because if we think about the likes of somewhere like Gore in Southland, down there, property prices are really cheap. So if you were to buy the average price property in Gore and have a 20% deposit, you would take out a mortgage of about $320,000. But the average household income in Gore is about hundred grand. So even if you were to buy the average price property with a relatively large mortgage, your debt-to-income ratio would only be 3.2 times. So well below any potential debt-to-income ratio limit that the Reserve Bank might bring in. 
So if you're in Gore, you can be pretty comfortable. Hey, look, we're not going to be really that impacted by those rules because our houses are relatively cheap. Even if you get an 80% mortgage, your mortgage is going to be pretty low. It's going to start with a three in front of it for the average person. And we've got pretty good household incomes, right? We're at a small town. Our incomes are a bit lower, but our house prices are way, way lower. Now, Andrew, what are some of the areas that are really going to be impacted by a potential debt-to-income ratio? So, so Thames Coromandel is one of the worst. So the estimated mortgage there, again, based on a 20% deposit, would be $680,000. The household income is really low at $76,000. So the estimated debt-to-income ratio there, almost nine times, 8.9 times. And so those are the areas that could be really impacted. And it's quite interesting. The areas that are most impacted by our data are a lot of the tourist hotspots. So if we think about Queenstown, that's another area that would be massively impacted. So average property price there, I think it's about 1.3, 1.4 million based on Ryan's data. If you were going to get an 80% mortgage, 1.1 mil, God, that's a large mortgage for the average property. Household income there is about 130 grand. So estimated debt to income ratio over eight times. Other places that are massively impacted, Central Otago District, Mackenzie District, which is again in the South Island. That's where you've got the likes of Twizel and some of those other tourist hotspots, and also Topor up in the North Island. So all of the areas where people buy a lot of holiday homes, those are the areas that could be quite impacted by this. Why would those areas be impacted? Because those are the areas where house prices are pushed up because all the people from Auckland and Wellington on high incomes, they go down there, they bid up the price of houses because they want a holiday home, but the locals, the local incomes aren't quite as high. And so if you're in Thames Coromandel and you're on the average income of $76,000 for a household, well, your house prices around there are really high. You might struggle to buy in your local area. Now, it does depend a little bit on which part of the Coromandel you live in. If you live in a really small town there, perhaps property prices are a little bit lower compared to if you're living in Fitianga or Masarangi, where house prices are going to be a bit higher because those are the tourist hotspots. So there will still be some variation. But what's interesting is some areas like Auckland are actually not impacted as much as I would have thought. What's the numbers yeah. there, Andrew? Yeah, so your estimated mortgage there is 841000 the household income there is almost $160,000. So your estimated DTI is 5.3 times. Lower than what I would have thought it would be. Yeah, and that's because the income's so much higher than maybe we would have thought. Yeah, average household income in Auckland of 160k is pretty, pretty decent, actually. Mm. So that's basically two people on 80 grand each. And then same down in Wellington City. I was surprised by this. Strong incomes there. Yeah, average house price of about 900k, average mortgage based on a 20% deposit, about 700k. Again, your yeah, average household income, about $158,000. So DTI of about four and a half times. Same in Christchurch, average DTI of about five times. So the places that I would expect to be most impacted by any debt to income rules are going to be the, the poor locals in, in Topor, in Thames, in Queenstown, and Central Otago, any of those real tourist hotspots, those are the people who are going to be impacted. Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, not impacted as much as I would have expected. And then your smaller places like Gore, Clutha, if you're on the West Coast, you don't have to worry about these rules if you're just purchasing a home and maybe one investment property because 
your house prices are so low anyway, your incomes are pretty decent, you're not going to be impacted. And so my main point here is that you think about the debt-to-income ratio rules, oh my God, this is going to impact all of New Zealand. Actually, it's not going to impact all of New Zealand. It's going to impact some parts of New Zealand where incomes are relatively low compared to house prices. Now, Andrew, a lot of people might be thinking, well, should I buy my next investment property then before the debt-to-income ratios come in? What do you think? So potentially, it's still going to be the right thing for what your financial plan is. But I think the one thing that I've learned in investing in property and trying to build a portfolio is if the bank's going to give you money, use it if buying property is the right thing to do for you. You don't want to sit on the fence and think, I'm just going to wait it out six months and then have criteria change or these come in. All of a sudden, you can't borrow money and you feel like you've got to wait for another 24 months for your income to go up. Yeah, the other thing that I'm really interested about debt-to-income ratios is, is any potential unintended consequences. So if we think back to 2016. Oh, it's 2016, seven years ago. What you're, you were, what were you doing then? I'm you're 20, still a vegan? I'm 24 years old. I'm a vegan with glowing skin. <laughs> Are your buttons still popping? Oh, Andrew, no, I'd lost a lot of weight by that point. <laughs> That's a story for another day. And in 2016, the Reserve Bank brought in some loan-to-value ratio restrictions. And what ended up happening was you needed a 40% deposit if you wanted to buy an investment property in Auckland. You needed a 30% deposit to buy anywhere else outside of Auckland. Now, at that point, Auckland property prices had been skyrocketing, and the rest of the country, hey, it was relatively flat, you know, most of it pretty still flat after the GFC. Now, what that did was it gave investors a real incentive, especially those in Auckland, to say, well, I'm not buying an investment property in Auckland now. I'm going to go buy outside of Auckland because my house has just gone up in, in value. I'm going to borrow against that, and I'm going to go down and buy in Wellington. Taranaki or Wellington or Christchurch or somewhere else. And that demand leaving Auckland meant that house prices flattened out. They didn't go down, but they flattened out pretty quickly in Auckland. But what happened everywhere else? Well, that set off the regional property boom. House prices started going up really fast in Wellington and Taranaki and Ruapehu and Wanganui and Palmerston North because now all of this money was coming out of Auckland and into the regions. And I've been wondering whether we might see something similar to that if debt-to-income ratios come in. Now, it's not that we've got a two-tier system between you know, debt-to-income ratio in Auckland and, and everywhere else. But if property prices are cheaper in Christchurch and Timaru and Ashburton and you know some other parts of New Zealand, could we see that similar effect where maybe people in Wellington say, well, we've got enough money to buy a property in Blenheim, but we, can't, we don't have enough borrowing to be able to buy in Wellington, so, hey, we're going to buy outside of our city. I don't have a firm view on whether that absolutely will happen, but it's interesting to think mm. about the future. Mm. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a topic you want to hear about on this show, either send us an email or better yet, send us a message on Instagram. We are at opus underscore partners. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most in the property market. Until next time, 